You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, it's eight minutes after two o'clock and technology is failing us. We we can't get through to people because our lines are giving us issues. And so we park that where we are going to leave it and then we'll come back to it at another time. I've got gentlemen in studio with me who who are very open to discussing something which I think is quite a difficult conversation. And the discussion is around fatherhood. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Hi, great. Okay. I, I don't know who's, who's going to start, but it's... Um, it's, a, it's going to be a difficult one because we're going to uh, uh, start with a conversation around absent fathers. Uh-huh. And the interesting thing about absent fathers, when we were planning around this conversation, everybody started assuming that we are going to be here bashing men about not being present. And obviously the truth is not all absent fathers <laughs> are 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 willing absent fathers. Others, it's imposed on them. They, right. they ap- absenteeism is not something that they all uh, are party to. They've got no choice but to be absent fathers. So let me start with, um, I don't know, I'll start with you, Craig. <laughs> Craig, just walk, welcome to the show. Craig Wilk- Wilkinson is inspirational author and speaker and author of Dad Coach. And how do you understand absent fatherism to be? <laughs> well, it's it's one of the world's major problems. I think UNICEF recently, and this is not South Africa, this is global, said that absent fathers is the single biggest social issue of our times. So it's an international problem, but South Africa gets particularly bad. I think I think I read a stat recently where we have more single moms in South Africa than any other country. So it's a major, major, major issue. And as you rightly said, uh, it's not all w- willing for the, for the father. There's a thing called parental alienation, where there's a divorce and the mom actually is actively involved in not you know using the, the child as a tool. But I don't think that's the majority by any means. I think the majority of absent dads, it's due to bad upbringing, bad circumstances. There's a whole host of reasons. But uh, whatever the reason, it's a major, major crisis and and we have to deal with it. Because the correlation between absent dads um, and every single social ill from teenage pregnancies to drop out of school to alcoholism to even rape and gender-based violence, uh, the correlation between those things and absent fathers is is, uh, um, absolutely irrefutable. Buane Luvailo is the founder of Cool Dads Foundation, is also in studio with me. And uh, let me ask you this. Those who choose to be absent, why do they choose to be absent? I think, uh, thank you, uh, Pamela, and uh, good afternoon to your listeners. Um, I think Craig touched a bit on it. Uh, it's two, 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 two ways about it. One is I've lived without a father. I don't see what role do I need to play. And let me not even take the burden, you know. Um, others could be circumstances that uh, our relationship between the mother and the father is so toxic that the better thing to do for me is to just walk away, you know. Because when I deal with you, I also have got to deal with your aunt, I've got to deal with your mother, I've got to deal with the dogs and the cats. Um, so it, it becomes such a tedious exercise. Uh, and I always say this with a disclaimer that as Cool Death Foundation, we never encourage men to walk away, um, you know, for from being parents or, or being a father to their own kids. That's why we even took up uh, a law clinic so that we can assist fathers who want to have access to their kids. Uh, I think a number of times men have called here at SAFM and they say, I have tried, but the system seems to block me. And believe you me, any... 
I'm not sure if that about that it's something that has got to do with our character or personality as men. But if we just get a one no or two no's, we just simply decide to walk away. We said Obota is with us <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah, an yeah, activist, yeah. a gender activist, yeah. who's also in studio with us. So the impact of, you spoke a little bit about that absent parent yourself. So mm-hmm. you yourself had an absent father. <laughs> to what extent does that impact your responsibility as the father now? I, I think, well, uh, uh, and, and thanks for the opportunity and good afternoon to our listeners. I think it, it, it it, it impacts on it because uh, I think Mongani said touched on it that look you know you don't have a, a point of reference mm. you there is no way you go back and say that uh, like I this is how I have known that to be a father this is you know for lack of a better word is you have no point of reference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are few instances where mothers and this must be great I mean the, the majority of us men were raised by a gallant fighters, mothers who, mm. you know, sometimes when I, I read about feminists and I look back at, at home and my mom who died in 1988, that, look, I, she was a feminist. Mm. Because the point I'm making is that you have mothers who, uh, women, it's it, on rare occasions where you'd find women who say, look, your, your, your dad has abandoned you. I will abandon you. But what I want to say, I want to say is that when in our society, we had, you see, it has become normal. Mm. How many of us would, how many of us would say that? Look, Tabo, a colleague of mine from the Commission for Gender Equality, I'm with. How many of us would say? But you know, Tabo, I will not share beer with you. I will not play golf with you. I am disgusted. But for whatever reason that you have abandoned your kids, mm. how many of us? In fact, in fact, what happens is that we, we, you, this is where the part of the institutionalizing it that there's nothing wrong this is this is how boys are yeah. this is how men are mm. where you, you not only institutionalize it but also normalize, normalize it. it that you can't you don't find in a society where there's outrage but how could he do this in fact you find reasons to say but yeah you know what did she do to him mm. that he you you we always ask this inappropriate wrong questions how come no one asks what did the children do to him <laughs> how come it's about her and not the children why why does the narrative begin with her and not the children you're supposed to be fathering. I think the excuse is that you want to that you, you want to play a blaming game. You also want to feel good about it. That in fact, uh, how do you then shift the blame? That you know, it's always the same uh, argument about. But why did she walk at night? You know. But it's it's both men and women who play that. We think we are the most important parties in a relationship, and not understanding that the basic contact. And the most important individual here is the child. Then secondarily, it becomes our egos, our feelings, and our personalities. We always make it about ourselves, you know. Yeah, um, 100% right. I mean, we, don't, we have children not for ourselves. We have children for the children. Mm-hmm. We bring them into the world. They don't choose to come into the world to us. So the primary and, and any kind of fighting between two parents is just utterly immature, egotistical, wrong adults, you know, using the kids uh, as, a, as a game. I mean, parents should make it their number one priority. Things don't, sometimes that they don't work out. That's just life between a man and a woman. Uh, but both of them should say, we brought children into this world and our primary responsibility is first them and then we'll sort out our own stuff amongst ourselves. Is there any excuse that's good enough? 
No. To no, be an absent the, father, uh, are you saying? Mm -hmm. No. no, well, no. I, th I think economic, I mean, we have to sympathize with some men. I mean, if you've sent away, if, you, if the only work you can get is outside of the city where your children live, I mean, that's, and, and you, if you say no to that work, you don't get any. I think we need to empathize with the situation that some men find themselves in. But apart from that, uh, if, if a man is able, financially or in any way to be involved in his children's lives, he must be involved. Why but, but, are the but, finances but, but, at the uh, center of see, it? Women I, I, don't I, say I parent but, because I've got the finances. Pramila, I also think that, Greg, even when I'm away, in this day and age, There's I, no excuse here. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, but also, again, your point, why do we always make men to be ATMs? There are many ways. I mean, uh, and there's a the report recently released of the the World Fathers Report. Why is it that we? There are many ways that I can be, I can care, I can be there. It doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, financial, but. That does not mean that if I am in a gainful employment, I should not take care of my kids financially. But Pumela, it should not be a be all and on all. It should not be alpha and omega. But that's what society, unfortunately, uh, from a young age, you are taught that I, I your want, responsibility. I want to ask you about that man, word, society. So yes. to unpack it for me, because we we speak about society like we're not part of society. Mm. And when people want to remove themselves from responsibility, they say society. Who, mm. who is society? Society is myself, you across the Correct. table, um, the household, my uncles and my aunts who teach me about culture and tradition, uh, my work colleagues, my church bros, uh, my drinking party friends. So that is us as society. Mm. Um, and I'm saying irrespective of race and culture, a man is taught that you must fit. I think even the Bible instructs you that this is what you're supposed to do i'm not sure about muslims but i think as well a man is supposed to Provide. go and fend for their own you know um, and yeah. unfortunately yeah. that doesn't that's why even i think there's also another report that says actually the current generation my generation that report and not yours yeah. my generation yeah. actually is now starting to spend three times we're starting to spend you know we are now becoming better three times than our ah. own fathers yeah. that's what the report says that has been yeah. released the current generation of young fathers we are starting to spend more time with our kids yeah. but society is not ready for that and I, I i still use this word society what do you mean by that no society, i mean i think i, I, I can i can bear this out i think society yeah. not only is is ready they, they it's there's a necessity i mean millennial dads are getting more involved there's no doubt about that but, society, but, but, but pressure on but men is a rejection is huge. for yeah. that kind well, you, of yeah. a man yeah. and yeah. Pumela, let, let me just give an example what do you say yes. look, look uh, my son uh, when when there was a time when uh, Refido, his wife, was, mm -hmm. was pregnant with uh, Zukanyo Kakambe. Mm -hmm. He went to the clinic with, with, with her. Mm -hmm. But look what she was told. He was told, look, yes. just be outside. Uh, because this environment is for... Yeah. Exactly what Bongani say. Mm -hmm. This environment is, is changing, I think. The, the, oh, no, no. I mean, but the, I, the courts are changing. People are changing. But yeah. the, the point is we have to change. Fathers and mothers are equally important. And a child, a boy and a girl needs both a mom and a dad. And, and that's Definitely. the bottom line. What if we unpack mm -hmm. what the lack of a father's presence in one's mm -hmm. life means? So for those who understand mm -hmm. it, yes. I mean, what, what does data show us? What, what, is, what has produced fatherless children? You, are you what causes fathers not to be there or what impact no. does no. it have? The, the impact, psychological impact, the is impact of an absent Because father. if we understand yeah. the impact, we'll understand yeah. the need yeah. for us to fix it. It's uh, an enormous... It's a and I, I think it's... I mean, so, sorry to interrupt sure. you. I, it's slightly different uh, in the sense that 
the primary role model of every child is their same gender parent. So young boys look to their father to model what it means to be a man in the absence of him. And there's a lot of evidence around that. A boy tends to grow up not knowing what it means to be a man. So he, he, he'll, he'll take his cue from rappers and artists and uh, you know men, men, high-profile men in the media who don't often behave uh, the way men should. And so he grows up a little bit confused about what it means to be a man. To a young girl growing up, she, she needs the, the, the affirmation. Both kids need the affirmation and love and care of her father. But for a young girl growing up with her father, she'll often crave masculine love because it wasn't there. And often that'll come out in inappropriate ways. So, I mean, there, there's a whole liturgy of different impacts that it has on, on boys and girls. But, but predominantly they're bad. What, what can happen and what does happen a lot in our country, I mean, is the old African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. So often a child who's growing up without a biological father will find an uncle or a, a teacher or a coach or a grandfather or someone who can play that role and play that role very, very well. I so want us us to deal with the impact on you now as the adult for, for me as an individual I, I grew up without a father uh, I've been surrounded by women great grandmother grandmother my mother aunts you know uh, literally a village of women uh, I think the only opportunity of interfacing with a father figure would be a teacher at school um, and also being pushed to church and ultimately going to church uh, because of now we have become accustomed to going to church so you only find a priest you know and a teacher and you could relate with them at that level um, and continuously I've asked myself uh, what has made me to be different from the rest of the kids? Because when you come back on a Monday, kids are talking about, I went and played soccer or we went to the stadium with my father. And, you know, they'll explain all these activities that they could do. The only thing I could relate with is being told to go and clean the stoop, uh, you know, to clean the toilet uh, or being beaten with a wet cloth. But those other things have shaped the other side of me. But I've always questioned myself, how different am I? And if they've got their fathers in their household, what could I have done to literally drive this man out? And I always say with the new relationship that I have with my father, I have not gotten to ask him. Am I the reason why you left? So you know, to a certain extent, I did yeah. ask myself does. that. You know, and having a five-year-old daughter, everyone around me thinks I'm paranoid or I'm having too much love. I've, I would have family <laughs> friends, you know, uh, even women friends saying, "But Wangane, your life is so surrounded with just your daughter. Whenever you make plans, and I don't know if it's obsession." Or too much love but i'm still comfortable with it we'll hear the day she's grown up to say was it a lot did i cloud or crowd her space but i think to a certain extent i have continuously asked myself and always tried to prove myself to people even when it's not necessary to prove myself to people because of you always want you're always scared that people would walk away from you as an individual that's what i've experienced and and how's your relationship with your father now we get it's quite you could see that uh, he's not quite a you know, an expressive person. Uh, we get around there. you, maybe. You know, I've I've also had an opportunity to converse with my sisters as well, and because at some point I even thought that um, they had an opportunity of mm. being fathered by him, and they say we knew him. We might have been coming to the house when we were still three and five. We knew our father when we were ten and so on. But uh, and unfortunately, at uh, his older brother funeral. Um, when I first had to interact with them, I think it's two years ago, if not a year, and we had this conversation. One of them said, if Ubaba was to die tomorrow, mm -hmm. we would not have the same words that were being expressed by one of our cousins mm. about their father. Sure.
Let's go to your calls because I see your calls coming through 891 Kahisho in Freiburg. Hi, Kahisho. Hi. Hi, man. I would like to comment also that uh, the topic of today is really touching. Mm. Uh, when it was more especially when you look at this uh, social media uh, surrounding our youth, it's more especially on drugs, issues like that. You know, I happen to live in Flex uh, of around Flex of and even around the communities that have left India. You find that uh, the problem was, uh, you know, fathers are not linked to their children, more specifically during their upbringing. And when you look at people who like the street kids, people who are using drugs, and when you, uh, I was working for the NGOs, you find a lot of those people who are, uh, those youth that are in this social ills, you find out that most of, the, of them, I will say 99%, is where the fathers did not play a role in their upbringing, or, or, or even in their youthful age, more especially between age of 12 to 19 years. That's why critically, more especially the, the the, the, the male side, uh, the boys, uh, when the fathers are not playing uh, their role in their upbringing, or they were never introduced to their family side on, on, the, on the father's side, that's where uh, they get lost, you know, they feel uh, not part of the, uh, that family of, of the side of a woman, that they are not really close to their uh, uh, forefathers or ancestral nature or, or, or uh, knowledge of their own. Mm. So I think it's very important that also social development uh, because they are the, uh, um, the mandatory department for, for social uh, issues. They should look at this matter, you know, uh, trying to, to bring uh, male organizations or whatever that they can also play a role to, to ignite fatherhood between uh, children and those fathers who are not, even if they are not in a marriage, but to close that game. We sort of, I mean, we want. We were speaking a little bit about how society is not ready. Mm. What's going to get us ready if we don't? If if the men are not taking their space themselves, mm. if if it's okay to say, ah, well, she doesn't want with the child. Well, I think uh, when I put me, I mean, there's there's there are visible changes. They may be slow. Mm. That's a, an argument for another day. Mm. I mean, Boganet had mentioned that I, I see young people, uh, young men who are really, really uh, fighting to be in the lives of their children. So it's going to take uh, th- these young people mm. who would say that, look, I don't want to be the father that I did not have, mm. I did not know. Where it has to be a conscious effort. Mm. I mean, I say that with the, the, the young people I work with at the Commission for Gender Equality, one of them is here, Tabo, that Tabo, the best you can do is to be there for these boys. Mm. This is the best, and and you don't doing you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So the point I'm making, Pamela, is that it it has it's going to something like it, it starts with me, mm-hmm. but it also has to do with us who would say that, Greg, I will not socialize with you. You see, when you you could have and in, in a non-violence where you would have a situation where all of us would call each other out. Mm. And this is practical. Mm. You just look where I, I will not defend him. Uh, I will, when I know that you know, that this man is in a gainful employment, but this man resists. This man, uh, uh, you know, there are opportunities he could go and watch the football match. Uh, be when there's a, a play, uh, what what? I mean, all of those things. There must be a groundswell of us. So, so what? What is it that that you guys don't? Why 
don't you hold each other to account? Why is it that so hard for you to call the man out or ostracize the guy? Because it's not one. We know we know them. It's not because they don't have the money. Mm. There are many who, because their relationship with the wife has soured or ex or whatever it is, then they they really do walk away. Why don't you call each other out in mm. these conversations? What do you people say to each other? I, I think. think <laughs> uh, we both Craig think. <laughs> Work together. You, you go. I'll go after you. Okay. I think I always refer things back to society, but I always emphasize that as men, whether it be about uh, our extra sexual relations, kids, uh, and any other wrong that we do, mm-hmm. we have arrived at a society where we no longer call each other out. Mm. And, you know, even in the olden days, a community of men could hold you liable if you were an abusive man towards your partner, your father, and your uncles. It didn't even have to go outside of the nuclear family. We have become so fragmented as a society where your business is your business. Mm. You know, uh, I think we could have seen it as well uh, with a number of gender-based violence issues where people say, "I." Whenever we talk, Pemelo and Bongan, when they fix their issues, we no longer there. And now we always say, "You sort out your own issues. We sort out our own it's issues." Because um, also, when we started Kultas Foundation, it was a question of we never talk about our kids as my peers you know unless the child is sick and you are being asked for money not to take the child to a, a doctor but only ask for money to take the child to a clinic or you are you know you're complaining about the mother of the child whether it's still your partner or not your partner that she, they're demanding one two three or for you to spend so we said how do we then empower each other so that we are able to take up these responsibilities with much more ease than what is happening in society. Craig, you want to say something? Well, I, th- I think, you know, by nature women are more relational than men. And, I mean, the research internationally shows that, that men are often lonely, even when we're surrounded by friends. You know, we'll be at a soccer match, we'll be having a beer, we're having a chat, but uh, the friendship do- doesn't go to the point where we share our vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And there's an ego around men. You know, we want to be powerful. We want to know that, you know, I've got this thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got this. Uh, I mean, talking in seminars to, uh, I've done seminars for all, all female audiences, all male, and, and the response is phenomenal. When you're talking to an all-female audience, often, and this, is, this happened to me not so long ago, uh, you get a lady standing up and just starting to share and she starts to cry and magically all these tissues appear around her, you know, and the sisterhood just embraces her, you know, whereas you've got a bunch of guys, you know, firstly, no one stands up and shares his vulnerabilities because he's got this, he's the man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's a different type of environment. So, so one of the things we do with Father and Nation is we, we talk to men about forming a band of brothers. You know, as men, we rip each other off, don't we? We, we love it, you know, we tease each other, you know, I mean, if you, you yeah, leave us for three minutes, we'll tease each other, but we, we seldom honor each other. We seldom say, hey man, Bogani, you know, I see in you such a fantastic, and I honor you as a man, as a man, you know, when we start developing that as men, where we honor each other's brothers, where we hold each other accountable, where we're able to be vulnerable to each other. Do you know that the suicide rate amongst men is almost five times higher than that of women? Yes. And part of it's because we don't talk and share. But also so, we so don't we, love we, each we, other. We, we're changing this. Well, we show our love differently. We say, hey, football, you know, as opposed to my brother. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 there's an insult in there, you know. Where's, where's, and we need to, and we, that is changing. Yeah. I think there is a shift. Let, One of the problems, if I can just add this. Let, is, let's, let's hold it there, yeah. Craig, and we'll get back to that very thought. Just hold on to that thought because we just want to go quickly to the headlines and continue this conversation. And you're welcome to give us a call as well on 891 But let's quickly touch base with Uzi Lesaku with the very latest in headlines at 2.30. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North.
28 minutes to 3 o'clock. We are busy with the Men's Forum and we're speaking about absent fathers. You can call us on 0891-104-207. Let me quickly go to Jeremiah in the Eastern Cape. Hello, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. I'm, I'm so here sorry. I'm so sorry. to. Yeah, let, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay. So, yeah, uh, thanks for... I wanted to firstly start off by uh, commending this gentleman for this brilliant content. Uh, I think it's very much needed. There's a vacuum in society. And and whilst understanding that, you know, I believe that whilst a majority of fathers choose to be absent and they allow themselves to be influenced by whatever external factors that influence that decision-making, there is a handful that want to participate and be active in their children's lives. And you have cases, as you had mentioned earlier on, of those fathers not being given opportunities or a chance of participating in their children's lives. So it gives me, you know, a great relief to know that there are such uh, um, uh, platforms out there to assist such fathers. In my case, I am I am married and and and, and I work outside of town. Uh, my wife, we have two kids who've been married for the past four years now. Uh, where I want to contribute is on the area where one in in development in terms of the father not playing a role. My father was also married to my mother, but unfortunately they separated due to their own internal dynamics. And even whilst we were staying together, apart from the separation period, you would observe that there wasn't much of a relationship. It was even now uh, prominent when there was a separation. So that affected me because during that time I was in high school, uh, I finished high school, I had to go to the initiation school, which was a very difficult period in my life, uh, as I had to train myself and teach myself how to be a man without getting any proper terms of reference in society. And, 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 and it was difficult because you're not taking any source from anywhere, but what is leading you is the concept that Whatever you do to society, no one must cry because of your actions. You must always try to do good. Uh, it was limited to that. It was also difficult because uh, I then, after university, I went into business and I found that it was very difficult being in business because business has its own ups and downs. And you find yourself as a young man, you need to have that uh, uh, shoulder to cry on beside your mother because your mother can only take care of your internal or spiritual needs to a certain degree only, but a level whereby you need also a father's intervention. Mm. So it was also difficult during that period. I'm still in business uh, and, 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 and um, into marriage. That was one of the most difficult uh, areas of one's life because you go into that process even then without having this person that is a father who has the experience to guide you into this process and teach you how to go through it, you know. So it became a, uh, it became a challenge for me, but one through is because you are very spiritual and you know that God will show you the answers and you are able then to succeed as a result. So I think another thing which is very critical, uh, particularly in, 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 in a case of someone like myself, because I have a good 
relationship with my children. And uh, one of your guests who was speaking earlier on who was saying that he tends to be very obsessive with his daughter. I feel that that's the point that I am in with regards to my children because it's almost as if trying to cover that vacuum and I do not, I overcompensate and I do not want my children to even feel what I have felt growing up. Thanks. So what I, uh-huh. No, no, no. I, I thought you were, you were done, Jeremiah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So as I, as I wrap up, so, so, so what I've also realized is very important is that the fathers that are in their children's lives, mm-hmm. they also need training. They also need teaching in terms of how to grow their kids because we don't have in terms of reference, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it becomes difficult. But as I say, you will find a way of going around it. Uh, obviously, if you are a spiritual person, you put you would put your uh, your spiritual source or myself God in front of everything that you do. And to this point, I've been successful, but it is difficult. It is mm. difficult. So it would be very critical or, or very uh, um, good if there was an initiative that is aimed around training fathers that are already in their children's lives. Mm. Because you have also seen children that have grown with both parents. Right, but turn out to be a negative influence or doing bad things in life while having those parents, and it means that their parents have not been doing a good job. So it's also something which is very critical. But then your initiative is very good, is very good, and and then someone like myself, I would I would even be willing to contribute where I uh, uh, where I am in any manner possible because I feel that. It's something that we need to continue doing so that we change the stigma because we come from a society that was plagued by apartheid that had influenced relationships that is between the father or uh, a father and their children because in many cases you had fathers that had to run away from their houses because of the issues of, of segregation or apartheid and so on and so forth. So all those things have played a influence in how black fathers interact with their children. So I think we can still do something if we continue in this part. Th- thanks very much for that, Jeremiah. So uh, Jeremiah, I mean, I think is just lamenting about mm. the absence of his own father in, in <laughs> right. his life and how he, he they, it almost feels, and I think we had this, you touched on this a little bit earlier, You the, the void remains. Yes, His is worse because yeah. he says when the father was still in the house, yeah. he was present physically, mm. but emotionally, he was not there. So let's deal with that because I've heard of many instances like that where, again, you you almost see men almost see their roles as the guys that bring back the bacon at home. <laughs> right. they're, they're just the role it doesn't go beyond. Are you guys fed? You have a roof over your head. School fees paid. But I've done my best. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Even though he's in the house. But Pamela, I think it has a lot to do with how we've been trained, how we've been social constructed. Mm-hmm. That even on, on, on what you would think it's simple, that to be emotionally connected. Yes. It can't be because, look, we they uh, remember Elias said, there's no point of reference. So you can't, if I want to cry and I'm a man, where do I go? So I, you I'm know when to, he was I, saying earlier, yeah, yeah. 
uh, my father is reserved and I said to you yeah, <laughs> because there are many instances like this where mm. people say no 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 if you he's, you he's an just, amazing he, ebullient at uh, work you know, uh, people yeah. will say no no no, no. <laughs> he brings uh, such value yeah, and yeah. at home uh, nobody gets to Brabiza, know Brabiza is good <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just saying that Pumela, it has a lot to do that with, with the fact that and I, I, I use the term I'm going to use again yes. where we are encouraged applauded to be just ATMs mm. you, you, you are never even you, you will not even ask uh, what is this for? He for as long for as that, kids. and and sometimes his kids are not need, in yeah. need of anything. But he's okay. You give him ten thousand. But you that's a, I mean, it's a basic entry level, isn't it? Paying for your kids, providing it's a basic entry level for father. But we think, and it's a small portion wait, of what the Craig, kids we need. We think then it starts there, it stops there. It doesn't yes. stop there. No, there's so much more. I mean, in the book that I wrote, uh, I talk about the twelve dad verbs. These are twelve things that that a father needs to get involved with each other, and only one of them is provision. The the other eleven are, are all the emotional and protective. There's so many other. But aspects. Craig. I mean, you say it like this. Yeah. That's not what people are doing. The, the well, point here because is they haven't, and I think both of the brothers in the studio have, have alluded to this. I mean, we, 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 uh, the cycle needs to be broken. So, I mean, look, migrant labor played a massive role in the history of our country in breaking fathers away from their kids. But we have a, a history of fathers not being involved in the And what happens is a cycle continues. So what we've done here, and, and I love your obsessiveness with your daughter, because what you're doing is breaking the cycle. Oh. You know, what happened to you, and that's what men need to do. They so say, what happened in the past stops with me. It will no longer happen. And, uh, and we break the cycle. But it does need instruction and teaching and coaching. Okay, let's take more calls on 0891-104-207. I see you, Victor. I'll be back with you in a second. SAFM 104-107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. All right, so let's take those calls that I did promise to take. Victor is calling us from Johannesburg. Hello, Victor. Hello, Pimelo and the gentleman in the studio there. Gentlemen, it's amazing yes. that I'm hearing the absent father, and, and I'm impressed that people and men are beginning to write about fatherhood because mm-hmm. I come from the opposite end. I've had a present father, and it it just teaches you so much. Uh, so, if we are to make a business case for fathers to be present, mm-hmm. it's okay to look at what impact absence can make. But mm-hmm. I just want to share with you what presence mm-hmm. can do because. Okay, let's get. Let me get one more thing out of the way. A father is not a perfect person. He's just going to be the custodian. Yes. So being aware of those twelve roles is important. It doesn't mean he has to master all of them. Mm-hmm. And as long as he's aware, so he knows his shortcomings in the one area, it's okay, and and he can admit to them, and and make and find way to compensate. So they shouldn't feel bad that they are not emotionally most attuned, but. They mustn't say that either or try and diminish the importance of emotional presence because your neighbor could just be, the grandmother could be filling that gap as long as you acknowledge it. You don't downplay the the role that is not financial or that which you consider important. But I mean, I was 40 when my father died, so I I had him for a very long time and we spent lots of time together. Mm -hmm. And I'm a writer today because he taught me when I was a kid growing up in the village that being a head boy and looking after goats and sheep all day is not cool, but you can be grumpy or you can learn to read while you're doing it. <laughs> and that's it. I, I learned to read and today I'm a professional writer mm. because of what I learned. And I'm just giving an example, but le- the last thing I just want to say is there are two or three moments in my life, the mm-hmm. 40 years I spent with him, mm-hmm. that I know had he not been there, mm. My life would have turned a turn for the worst. Mm. 
Mm. One was when I failed for the first time at varsity, mm-hmm. having not ever failed at school. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's a kid who's always top of class, and I failed twice at varsity, and I said, I'm leaving school. Mm-hmm. And somehow he happened to be home when he was really home early. And he said, I don't mind what you want to do as long as you're not staying out of school. I'll take you to any school, but you are not leaving school. Now, I remember how mad I was that time. And I know that had he not showed up at that time, I would not be the person I am today. So it, it's, just, it's just knowing that the presence can mean so much. And what it has done, not having as many children as he had himself, you just become a father through and through. Because you understand that a moment's conversation, two minutes, three minutes of talking to someone, if we believe it takes a village to raise a child can be that intervention, and that's how I've handled anyone I meet. It doesn't have to be I'm their father. I make it a point that wherever they are, I meet them there, and I give them the best advice, because I know that could be the conversation they need. That could change their life. Thanks for that. That's, uh, that's quite something, you know, just looking at the benefits of a present father. Mm-hmm. And, and this, I've heard countless women yeah. who say, and, and you can see it. You actually can see it, even in relationships. Those who had present fathers yeah. and those who had absent fathers, how they relate to men, it's very different. It's, it's, very it's different. incredible. I mean, I'll tell a quick story about my daughter. She, uh, she's now 23, but uh, w- year, when she was seven years old, we moved from Johannesburg to Nysla to, for me to run a company called Outward Bound. And they, my family moved two weeks ahead of me. So there was one week, uh, one week into this gap when they were in Nysla and I was still in Johannesburg wrapping things up. I was on the phone to Blythe and I said to her, Blythe, isn't that beautiful living by the sea? And she said to me, if this was my life, I would scream. And I got a fright as a father. I said to her, why, my precious, why? And she said these words. She said, because you're not here, Daddy. Mm. Because you're not here, Daddy. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter where kids are. Mm-hmm. What matters most to them is the presence of their, of their significant uh, mm-hmm. mom you and know, dad. You know, there was a study, uh, I think, a, a while back. I always refer to it um, from the Human Sciences Research Council. Mm. Pamela, what it said was uh, the, the, the value that we have as fathers, mm. that we... We even ourselves underestimate. One of the things yeah. it said that, was, that study was that a, a, a girl who uh, is raised with the presence of the father mm-hmm. uh, delays sexual uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. But second, it said that uh, her level of self-confidence, mm-hmm. self-worth, mm-hmm. because she does not need to be validated by someone outside yes. or, or, or affirmed. So I always say, you know, seeing this, uh, what, two days I was at a with the South African National Defence Force members and I was saying we we really underestimate the power we It's as simple as this, right? I mean, so if you're a girl and let me just, it's it's as simple as a girl going wherever she's going, let's just say a taxi, Mm -hmm. right? right? And you also have to see it in context of the the society we live Mm. in. Men are frightening. Mm. You know, you are very frightening beasts if you God. haven't known <laughs> Beings, and, frightening beings. Be- beasts. Beings. And you are yes. also intimidating. And you do all sorts of other things as well yeah. in the process. But yeah. if a girl wants to just take a walk or go through, you know, from point A to B mm. using a taxi or just jogging, for goodness sake, because mm. this is not a color thing it's mm. a, and it's not even a class thing. Mm. There will be somebody who along the way says, hey, you know, yeah, all kinds of things mm. will be happening on that road. It is her reaction to that doodle 
that changes everything. Yeah. Mm. If she comes from a home where she has been praised and validated and valued, mm. Dulu is just that. Mm. It's just, for goodness sake, just mind your business, you know, and leave me alone, I know right? Who I am. Leave me alone. Mm. Dulu could be frightening mm. or Dulu could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Dulu could mean, oh, someone sees me. Mm. It's all of those things and all of those things are informed by what she brings with her mm-hmm. to the table. Right. 100% right. Definitely. Um, sometimes I get to wonder the confidence of a five-year-old uh, where she would even reprimand me. Uh, <laughs> say, didn't I say we're supposed to go this side? You know, uh, But also because if we're not living together, uh, in the morning she throws tantrums, she doesn't want to go to school. They know. At just one phone call, just talk to your father. And I'll find out what's wrong. Right. No, and you'll find that actually it's not even about going to school. She might be missing me. Attention. And you know, when you say to her, "No, it's okay. Go to school. We'll see each other." And I've also tried to ensure that she understands what a promise is. And if I know that I'm not going to be there in the afternoon, I would not say I promise. Mm-hmm. You know, and she would react different. Even at school, I think even the teacher was saying the other day that she can see the difference when she says let's talk to your father or let's have a conversation with your father. The reaction to everything yeah. is quite different. Mm. You know? All right. I mean, the, uh, no, Craig, I, ju- I just want to take a quick break sure. and then we'll, we'll come back to you. I, I do see you, Mzee. We'll come back to you in a short while. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM. 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. We continue our conversation around absent men, and I'm joined by really phenomenal uh, guests here, Mbiselo Bota, Mbongani Luvalo, and I'm also with uh, Craig Wilkinson, and we're discussing, you know, it's an open conversation, we're discussing absent fathers. You're more than welcome to take a part in this conversation, 891 Mzi is calling us from PE. Mzi, hi. hi. Hello, Mzi. I like your maturity in broaching these difficult subjects. Anyway, <laughs> acronym SUT, keep that in mind. It's very important. SUT, Paul would say, speak, understood, taught as a child. When you become a man, you abandon childish behavior. Are you with me? Or SUT, systems under test. If it's not tested, it's not genuine. Where I'm going with this? Those when I talk about the father, I'm not here to panel beauty program, right? To me, being a father is an event. Being a parent is an experience. As you, Pamela, is as a child, you will agree, right? Giving birth to a child is an event. Becoming a parent is an experience. Anyway, I, um, hear you. I don't know about those men. I do I, hear I don't you. know about those men who are there. When my children were born, I was there in the hospital. I can tell about two centimeters, ten centimeters, all of that stuff, because I was there. Not only that, when I was in Cape Town, I bought napkins, not disposables, napkins for my children, right? Mm-hmm. And I would change them, wash those napkins, right? Mm-hmm. Put them into a stay soft, put them on the line, right? Because as I said, being a parent is an experience. Being a father is an event. And then a stupid brother-in-law told me that, Jeepers, your wife must have bewitched you. I said to him, you are a very stupid brother-in-law. Because the reason why this napkin is full of, I don't want to mention the word, yes, 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 yes. 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 it's because of my creation. Yeah. If I was not there, this mess will not be there. Yes, 
Are you with me? <laughs> so there are some occasions, unfortunately, whereby fathers become absent not because of their deliberate intent. I think your case has covered that. All I am saying, even if you're not there presently, you must be there emotionally, as I am. Three of my children are in Cape Town, thinking, and we're in constant contact. Because as God told Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Mm. I will never leave you. I will I'll never forsake, forsake you. you. Leaving you means I will always be present, God says to Joshua. And I will never forsake you. In other words, I will be there emotionally. So it is very important that the parents, not fathers, because fatherhood is an event. The parent must always be there physically and emotionally. Kremlin Moderna, a very good afternoon. Thanks very, very much. Craig, you wanted to comment. I was just going to add on and say that if if we lived in a world where every father taught his daughter how beautiful, how valuable, how precious she was, and who taught his son how to treat a woman with love, honor, respect, dignity, we would we gender-based violence would be a thing of the past. Mm. We wouldn't have an issue in this country, uh, and and this is this is what fathers are not doing. What fathers need to step up and do: love, honor, protect their daughters so that they know exactly their, their value and teach their, their boys how to behave towards other men and towards women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I think that restoring and equipping fathers and men to be mentors, role models and fathers is the single biggest nation-building imperative we have in South Africa. I think <laughs> I, I really do. True. So true. So true. Yeah. I, I think I think that we, uh, I mean, and, and these conversations, they, they are so important um, at all levels that we uh, and and we are not also but again is this what i keep on going back to we we i think we are not trained or socialized mm. or equipped to be e- emotional expressive to even talk you see Pumela, what do we do we talk about things that are easy you see it's easy to talk about uh, hey you know bafana bafana hey let me tell you what amazes me about yeah. you guys right <laughs> i have seen men Tears. I mean, but I mean tears at a soccer match. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy has got tears ripping down his face, and he is distraught at home. The, but but there's, 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 a, there's a guy, there's a guy, Orlando Pirates, Macaranjalo, something. I mean, you know. But but the Chiefs, he's got reason to cry. Is that yeah, what you're but but no, no. The, the point I'm making yes. is that we. I mean, we. It, like I'm saying it's easy. How many of us men you would be in a situation where you talk about but how long have um, when does it you take your, your HIV test? When does it you go for your cholesterol? When last, but it's easy to talk about do you know what am I wearing? Do you know what I'm driving? Do you know what I'm staying? Do you know the type of uh, uh, cell food I'm having? Because you know why? These things uh, they come effortlessly. These things but if you have to go deeper, I mean to talk about the what makes you sad. You, you see, we've so, got a so wrong understanding so of masculinity. Help, help, help yeah. me, surely. I mean, I don't. I really don't take lightly the tears at the stadium, yeah. because when I see them, I recognize something has touched. And the man has a heart. <laughs> something has connected with yeah. this individual. I may not necessarily see its importance, mm. but something is connected. In other words, it exists. <laughs> so, how do we get men to access that in other scenarios? Well, we need to change our perception of what... I, I don't think we need to reinvent masculinity. We need to rediscover it. Because men have hearts. And men... Uh, the mandate mm. of a masculine mm. man is to love, serve, honor, protect, and mm. give. I mean, uh, that is within a man. But because we've got these misconceived ideas of what it means to be a man, a man has to be tough. Now, yes, a man does need to be tough. But he also can be tender. You see, they're, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. I can be tough and fight off a burglar. I can be tough and man up and just go through what I need to do to earn a, you know. But at the same time, I can be soft and tender and, and, and we need to do both. So we need to give each other permission 
as men mm. and as brothers to mm. say and women need to give us permission too and I think this that is a societal thing and a media thing to b- permission to be vulnerable because think about this it's much harder to be vulnerable it takes mm-hmm. a lot more courage for me to share with you my burdens than it does for me sure. to share with you my boasts doesn't it Definitely. I mean I can boast and it's easy I feel like a man but because if I come to you and say you know I'm really struggling at the moment but that's true masculinity because it's courage it takes courage to do yeah. that so true. Like, so and true. I think both on the side of men to men, mm. boys to boys, mm-hmm. we need, as I think you said it earlier on, we need to start encouraging each other to be emotionally, you know, authentic, uh, authentic and yeah. you know, yeah. express ourselves. Yeah. But also, I think some one of the international speakers said, if women could love their men as, I mean, if, if women could love or have faith in 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 their men as they would have faith in their sons you know um right. where you create an environment that is enabling for me to be vulnerable uh, where i would not the words i would share with you or how i feel would not later on be used against me you know because of in most cases as boys and men we tease each other about those things as women you come back and throw them at us when we fight on something so we are literally always on a defense mechanism of not trying or allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because of the environment we are in whether we are with our boys whether we are with our mothers or we're with our partners something comes back to us what then gets your attention i, I mean when 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 i am praised mm-hmm. when i'm applauded a, 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 that, that that I mean that uh, speaks to me, but where I am condemned, vilified, uh, you do not give me. Mm. I mean, I would feel of again, I would feel less of a man. Look, the example you gave about the the, the guy who's, who cries at the stadium. Mm. I mean, the people around him, mm. uh, they would applaud and embrace him. But in, in if he was in a different situation, different circumstances, mm. his loved one had died, he would not cry openly. Mm. He would because then there's a sign that look there is something wrong about this man. The eyes are looking at wow, what are you doing? While at the soccer match, everyone's emotions is that we are jubilant that we are winning was we said because of we are losing. Gentlemen, the environment back is. To the <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I, I promise you, you'll come back. Okay. I promise you, you'll come back. We've come to the end of the show. I don't know where time has flown, but thank you very much, all of you, for taking part in this conversation. And that will be available at a, as a podcast. We are late. Uh, it is now three o'clock. It's now time for the very latest in news with Uzi Lissak.